Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today, I'll be chatting with J. Caleb Perkins, founder and executive director from D Network. So stay tuned. Hey everyone, it's your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'll be chatting with J. Caleb Perkins. Caleb comes from Michigan and then moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, but now lives in New York City, the Big Apple. In our podcast, we start first and foremost with his brand new book release, Remedy Network, A Millennial's Journey on Connecting New York Through Stories, now available on Amazon, so get your copy now. So in this episode, we chat about the early beginnings of Remedy Network, the organization that that he founded several years back, moving from Tulsa to New York City on not a whim, but on a calling, and how one story changed his complete path. And it was the story of somebody else and the power of sharing our stories, engaging and being active in community and, and and listening to one another along their way. So with Remedy Network and his book, he, he crafts a narrative of this story, shares a bit more in, in depth of what happened that got him to Remedy Network. And for those of you who are questioning what is Remedy Network, it's an organization that hosts educational talks for millennials by connecting influencers with guys like us, people who are just going day in, day out um, as millennials and want to walk in purpose. And we discuss what that entails. So with Remedy Network, he's done a lot and that's there's a lot of information on that in this podcast and what that really means to, to the community and to the world. And we also hear a bit more about Caleb's personal story and how this all ties in together, but but also how this is a just a start of something that speaks to a greater picture, the story of us and the story of how we are built and made on purpose and for purpose. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Know that you guys are going to enjoy it. So let's turn it on over to the podcast with J. Caleb Perkins. Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And today I'm joined with J. Caleb Perkins. J. Caleb Perkins is the founder of Remedy Network. He now works and lives in New York City. Um, so without further ado, J. Caleb, thanks so much for joining today. Great. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this episode and just, you know, really excited to hear your background and story and um, how God's been, God's been pouring into your life. Um, how, how I like to kick us off is just by opening up in prayer. So I'd be happy to kick us off in prayer now and then at the end of the podcast, if you, uh, if you could close this out, that would be super. For sure. Heavenly Father, thanks so much for bringing uh, Jay Caleb and I together today, tonight, just incredibly happy and grateful to be able to connect with somebody who is is just doing so much in, in your word and your spirit and, and just what you've poured into his life and the ministry that that you have given him and you have gifted him and, and he has decided to, to take action on and to, to put this into practice and to share his testimony and encourage others to share their testimony in their in their stories and the and the power of story stories and communicating communication is is based on you and based on scripture and excited to hear um, how you've been working on him and just for this conversation too I know that you're gonna um, show a lot about J.K.L. that I, that I don't know and really open up the conversation uh, so that the these listeners as well um, can hopefully gain something even if it's something small it's all it takes is something small to really sparked that fire. So with all of this, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, and I'm excited. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So first off, to get things started, congratulations on your lit, on your new book that'll be coming out in February. 
Remedy Network, A Millennial's Journey on Connecting New York Through Stories. Uh, first of all, congrats. That is incredibly awesome. Super excited. And I'm, you know, hopefully uh, going to be one of the uh, first people to read it too. So looking forward to it. Thank you, man. I'm super excited. I'm really ready for people to, to read it, to hear their thoughts and just share. So yeah. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Um, would love to hear a bit more about what, what this is going to what this is going to entail. Just a high level overview, and and then also how it started, how it how it got developed, and into you know into yourself writing this full book. I know it's it's quite an endeavor. Definitely, yeah, man. Um, the book is written for millennial millennials who are interested in starting an initiative of change, whatever or wherever that might be, or want to learn more about how to walk in purpose, to walk in their purpose. Um, the book started out as a journal, actually, when I moved right. to New York a couple years ago. And um, so much happens. I know you live in a, in a big city as well, D.C., and things happen so quickly and so fast. Sometimes you don't have time to really process everything that's happening. But, um, yeah, it started out as a journal when I first moved here. And then, um, it kind of turned into a book because... One day I just kind of said, you know, this might um, help someone that, you know, has a dream of starting something in their heart one day. So, Wow, that's that's incredible. And how many months in the making has this, this you know, this this piece and this work of art been been going on for? And and I guess once it gets released in February, how long will it, will it have been since you, I guess, f- first put pen to paper? Yeah, um, I started writing the book in February 2016 is when I first started okay. writing it. So, um, yeah, it's been a while now that I think. I, you know, I guess it'll be two years. <laughs> Crazy. Great. Now that I think about it, but yeah, um, it's been a while now. That's but awesome. It takes time to do all that's awesome, and, and and I just even just hearing this right now, I, I love what what you're focusing on, and as people and millennials are interested in in starting change and being being a light in their community, um, I know that this is obviously something that you touch on in the book, and I I want to know really the what sparked you to to write this, right? I think we all journal and we all put down our thoughts, um, but it seems like this is something that was has been was resonating with you and was you know journal after journal it was a very similar similar theme and similar concept um how did this come about um and i you know and i guess this speaks more to remedy network and the start of remedy network as as i know that this was kind of the first seed that ended up planning this book as well so um really what's the philosophy of remedy network um and then just what are you guys all about how did it start yeah, well, um, Remedy Network, uh, thanks, by the way, man, your words are so kind. Remedy Network, uh, what we do um, as a company is uh, we host educational talks for millennials, and we promote mental health advocacy. So that's kind of like our mission, vision statement there. Um, and we really seek to touch uh, mountains or seven uh, levels of influence that are um, in society, and so I have a huge heart for, um, I remember God kept speaking to me, um, influence of the influencers, so I love connecting with with uh, influencers and people um, who are doing great things in their respective fields, and so I'm not sure if the listeners know or people are, are familiar with the, the seven spheres of influence, but it's um, arts and sciences, education, family, media, church, business and and government. But how it started is kind of a whole another another Mm. long story. You can stop me whenever I'm (laughs) talking. Sure. No, I I would love to hear it. I think it it always provides uh, whenever I whenever I hear a story it's it's always important to to really kind of bring it back and and go back and dissect when it when it really begun. Yes, most definitely. Well um, You'll, you'll read a lot of the, and the, the, the listeners will read this in the book if you decide to pick it up, but I go into extreme detail just about the beginnings, but just as a little bit of a synopsis, sure. um, I went to Oral Roberts University. Um, I graduated in 2014. I loved my experience there at my alma mater, and after I graduated, I got a job, a great job, um, um, 
at a, a corporate company. It was like a Fortune 500 company. Amazing. So a lot of people, it was like their dream job to work at this type of uh, this type of company. But I found myself, as a lot of millennials do, um, they're in a job that might be good, but they don't feel as though it's what they were called to do. Um, and I think it's important that a lot of our, you know, millennials like ourselves, we find ourselves here, and it's very important um, that we know what we were called to do, and we don't confuse a season with a calling. Um, but for me, um, it was just something I knew that I did not want long term, and so Tyler, I found myself complaining a lot just um, day to day, and it's something that God really uh, reprimanded me about. Um, he was like. You know, I've provided this job for you. It's paying your bills. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. So stop complaining about it. Um, and that was really a humbling place that I found myself in. And it wasn't until I began to, you know, be more humble because millennials sometimes we feel so entitled to things and we live in a quick, fast-paced mm. um, nature. And, you know, we were like, I went to school. I studied. I should be this. I should work in this. And God works through, through process. Um, and so, um, anyway, so I was just, I felt myself just extremely unhappy and I was, I began to dread coming to work, uh, because I'm a people person. I'm a communicator. I love talking with people. I love networking. I love media. I love entertainment. I love all those things. And I was just at a desk job, um, working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. It was nice to be making more money than like minimum wage than like at the library at school. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. But um, you know, I just felt really sad to the point where um, I actually asked one of my mentors, like, "What do you do?" Uh, it was John Doherty. John Doherty is um, one of the pastors at Victory Christian Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I spent uh, a lot of years, almost six years there. Um, but anyway, I talked to John. I was like, what do you do when, like, you're faced with this and you're in a job that you hate, but, you know, you were called to more. And he just gave me practical ways on how to, you know, make sure you're doing what you love to do outside of those hours, that you're doing things that are filling you up um, outside of those hours. If you love to paint, if you love to talk, you know, join a team or get connected with people that do that and don't just, you know, have your work schedule constrict all that stuff. So, I'm giving y'all a lot. I'm giving y'all practical stuff too. <laughs> good, good. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I love I love hearing the practical stuff. And if you've heard any of my earlier podcasts too, I I always incorporate some kind of I always ask for some kind of practical advice or recommendation. So I appreciate this. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So um, anyway, back to uh, just so I found myself just really disheartened. Um, and then this is something that I write about a lot in the book is that it was in that place of, of sadness, if you will, where I had a date with destiny. Um, I was so, um, I don't know, I was just out of it. And then this is where my, my depression really began to kick in because there was a lot of things going on in my life that you'll read about. You know, my dad got really sick and he almost died. I was in a car accident. Just crazy stuff was, was going on during this time. Um, and so, and then I hated my job. It was crazy. And then I read about a young man. So I'm in Tulsa working, right? And then I read about a young man in the Bronx, Bronx, New York, um, who was wrongfully convicted of a crime. His name was Khalif. Um, it spent almost three years in solitary confinement. And then when he was released, all of these influencers began to reach out to him. So I saw Jay-Z and Rosie O'Donnell, all these some of these influencers, you know, got coffee with him, began to establish relationship with him. God began to open my eyes to see how can we connect influencers to community? How can we connect influencers to millennials so they can have a seat at the table? It was through this young man's story where I began to see connectivity. Um, and then very sadly, Khalif ended up committing suicide at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, because of mental health issues that went along with, um, you know, being in solitary confinement and then couldn't really pick up the pieces of his life. I was devastated at that story. Um, and then I knew then and there 
that was my time because God gave me the name Remedy years before I started it, but I knew it was timing is so important. I think it's a lost art. A lot of millennials don't don't think about, but it was then where I knew it was time to start Remedy and move to New York. Mm. Wow, that's that's incredible, and um, definitely I, I love during that entire process you you sought out counsel, you sought out mentors, you looked to what other people were doing. As you mentioned, you heard about this story about Khalif and how that ended up impacting your life. So I actually want to dissect um, two two parts of the of what of your of your story, which I love. And going back, you mentioned that. Um, not, I believe you said not confusing um, a you know a season for a calling. Or can you go back and, and explain that in a bit more detail again? Yes, most definitely. Um, yeah, I think we always have to know what we're called to do, and and that's a, that's something that it takes time to be able to discover that. It takes work. Um, it takes studying. It takes praying. It takes asking the Lord. Um, and then once we figure out what we're on this earth to do, whether that might be civic engagement, community organizing, um, entertainment, wh- whatever it is, if you can link it to one of those spheres, you know, I believe that God has created us um, on purpose and for a purpose. And so we're not just, you know, meaning, uh, meaningfully walking around earth. <laughs> you know, I believe in my heart that God has, you know, created us for for this time. I mean, and after we find that out, uh, we have to know that our calling, it almost comes through a funnel, if you will, of, of purpose, or, or I'm sorry, of different seasons and process. Um, so, in that time, God really kept downloading to me, stop looking at your desk job currently as if you're going to be there for the rest of your life. You need to change your perception. I was looking at my temporal situation and then my emotions kicked in and I was like, man, I hate this because my brain was like, oh, you know how sometimes the enemy can speak to you or your flesh be like, oh, you'll be here all your life. And yeah. I began to look around and seeing people who, who gave up dreams and who are 40 and 50 and 60 or whatever their age was and they're just stuck. And I didn't want that to, to be me. Mm. Okay, that's yeah, no, that that's great, and and, and speaking of which, um, then on the on the next piece, you reached out to or you you heard about the story of of uh, of Khalif, who was in um, was he is he from New York as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so he's from New York, and the the question I had is, how did you hear about that story, right? And and then not only how did you hear about that story, but then. The, the the method of storytelling is really important on the channels of how we distribute it and also how we tell that story. So how do you think um, that it was distributed to you and you heard about it? And then what what was so persuasive about that message that that got you to to ended up you know, that ended up really being a a backbone of, of Remedy Network? Yeah, man, great questions, Tyler. I love that. I don't think I've ever been asked that. This, this guy's amazing. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I was trying to chill. I was on my lunch break, <laughs> and I'm like, "Let me chill." I got three breaks. I had a, I had a ten minute break at ten a.m., a, a thirty minute lunch, and then a ten another ten minute break at I think three p.m. or something like that. And I talk about this in the book. You can read more about it. But there was this really cool corner office. And it was like, uh, it was a library. But let's be honest. It was really like a room where people went to like go sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel you. <laughs> it had really, yeah, it had really cool like massage chairs. It was a cool room. So I brought, I would go in here to just escape the clutter and the talk in the everything of the sales floor because I worked in sales, right? I'm on the phone. I'm tethered to the phone all day. All day. I've made like 200, 250 calls to different customers or whatever. And um, I try not to talk too bad about that, that season because it taught me so much. Um, when I was in it, I hated it. Now that I look back on it, it taught me how to talk to people. It taught me how to close a sale. It taught me how to, you know, whatever, that was extra, but um, <laughs> okay. in this, in this library room, 
and just scroll through different news sources. So I would look at New York Times, I would look at Wall Street Journal, I would look at Huffington Post, and I was scrolling and it, I came through the New Yorker magazine, which is a, a really famous magazine, you know, here in New York that's distributed all over, right? And so I was reading the New Yorker and I started to read about Khalif Rock on that story. Um, and for any person out there that wants to learn how to connect your situation with your calling or you're trying to find out what your calling is, this quote, one of my mentors, Reverend Q English, told me this and it stuck out to me. And as to answer your question, this quote is really what made me understand that the timing was now to go. But the quote is, uh, that which, and I could be paraphrasing this, that which angers you the most is what you're designed to solve, and that which saddens you the most is what you're designed to fix or heal. Mm. Um, mm. And so the degree to which that story impacted my heart so much, I just, it broke me down. I mean, really, I was, I was just, I don't know. My heart was just messed up. I really began to cry when I read his story because spiritually, and I love that this is a podcast too where we got a Christian, you know, young millennial leader like Tyler. I think you're really trailblazing a wonderful area where believers and non-believers can, can hear about the goodness of God and, and testimony. Um, it will bring, I think this is going to touch millions of people, not just my 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 episode, but all the work that you do, mm. so shout out to you. I appreciate um, that, thank you. Yeah, man, but, um, yeah, so, that, I, after I read that, I knew it bothered me so much, I was like, why is this bothering me so much? And so many times we're so quick to point the finger and say, man, you see this problem? This person should fix it. You see this? They should fix this. Don't you see how big this problem is? Anybody understand how crazy this is? Why isn't someone doing something about this? And then you recognize, maybe it's me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that that's that's great, and that um, I I and I, again, I I love how that quote has impacted you, and I think it, looking at my life as well. A lot of times in, in a lot of seasons that I've been in, I think those qu different quotes and a lot, now they come from scripture, right? They they have impacted the way that I go about the future too. So these these quotes and these 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 prompts are are things that stick with you. Um, so I, I love hearing about that. Um, and the the other question I had, so you. Um, or big into com into community, and that's something that is really important for for Remedy Network as well. Um, and I've been hearing a lot about about creating safe spaces and being in a community that is supportive and encouraging, and just like just like your you know your mentors are encouraging for you, we're we're called to to bring up people in the community too. Um, now that you have been in in this um, organization and and really start to see people develop and and become part of this community and to share their story what what has gone into that development um of remedy network and in the uh, remedy tribe but then also if this can be something that could be scalable you know for 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 any any other community in general yeah um wonderful i i think community is important to everything that we do right if we if we look at uh, the most beautiful things in life, I think we were designed for community, for family, to be together. You know, God didn't create a one-man lone ranger, even then all the descendants and, and family and that everything that came from the lineage of Jesus, right? And then mm -hmm. even looking at, I mean, there's so many beautiful ways, even the, the triune nature of God, you know, God's Father and Son, just this togetherness and this nucleus of um, connectivity and I think it's often not found which is very sad but it's not it's it's found less um, just in, in different spheres right so something that's beautiful about the church is the community of people that you have like for instance one of the first times we're getting to connect but we're already family because of who we serve mm. beautiful thing about um, Christ and his church the bride of Christ um, 
one thing that we have to have to understand is that we live in a broken world and there's people out there that don't have community that don't have people to connect with um and we cannot um you know push ourselves to the side and just have fun with our own community when there's people out there that don't have one whether they're a believer or not you know um and so my thing is to 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 be able to make a community for people that don't have one regardless of their background, regardless of their religion, regardless of where they come from, you know, my, my goal is through my story, through what I've gone through, hopefully you, you'll hear something uh, that points to Jesus, that points to the gospel. That's that's really my heart through Remedy, honestly, if you want to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but connecting people with that community as well. So New York, there's over 8.5 million people that live in New York. And there's over a million um, college students. It's one of the largest um, populations of college students in America. I think in America, if I'm not mistaken. And so um, safe spaces, what have you. Just creating an, an, an atmosphere where there can be would it be conversation and then equipping millennials to hear from people in their respective industry to be able to come in into that meeting and hear from someone uh, up close and personal to where they can learn and grow. Absolutely. And, and one thing I, I really applaud you of, and you've done a tremendous job just by, 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 just by hearing you now and also by, by seeing how you present yourself through the media and through, through your organization is your ability to connect with Christians, non-Christians, really anybody. And I think there's so many people that are Christians that tend to really really start to get stuck into their into their own clique or they're, you know, only hanging out with Christians. And I think that is that creates such a problem um, because we don't have the opportunity to to see what is going on and connect with people and maybe Maybe faith isn't the first way that you're going to connect with them, but it's but it, but it, but you can find likeness in something else, and then you'll as you as you begin to work that out, then you can begin to find likeness in something else and, and really become together. So exactly. And I I've found that, and I've I've learned that um, just you know over the time, and really starting to as you start to dive in and get immersed into this lifestyle, you, you start to feel that. Um, but I, I want to ask you, being a bit more introspective, you're being a bit more introspective on this experience. How do you think? What has been the, the, the focal points that you're pushing that make people want to come in rather than and being in a, being in a, being attractive for developing this community and developing this network and 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 being so effective at doing so? Whereas I think a lot of times we tend to push people away if we if we instill any kind of religious beliefs on people. Definitely. Um, yeah, great question again. Um, well, Remedy has very humble beginnings. Honestly, we're still in, <laughs> in humble beginnings. Um, you know, not a, not droves of people come, but I think it's so cool if we look through scripture. It's like, you know, Jesus would leave the 99 for the one. And so, honestly, yeah. a lot of my pride has been taken, has been, <laughs> has <laughs> yeah. been through the fire with this because as a business person and someone who studies business and studies marketing or whatever, you know, we tend to look at numbers. In research, we look at numbers. We look at crunching the numbers and percentages and what have you. But it's kind of a, you have to recognize the, like, the, the bigger picture. That one person in New York City, the, the pedigree that comes along with one person, and not just in New York, anywhere in the world, uh, but especially in New York, one person represents more like a hundred people <laughs> or yep. fifty people mm-hmm. because of of um, just the way how diverse New York is and where you know it's inhabited and people come from from this large city. Um, but anyway, I, I just try to do the best that I can. You know, I, I don't always think that. I'm doing it the best or the right way, so I'm always reaching out to to mentors who have my best interests at heart, especially believers, 
Um, there's one guy, his name is Pastor Mike Elmer, and he sits on the board of directors for Remedy Network, and I always come to him and ask questions that point to our true north. I don't want to get too far off the Richter scale to where we're doing any and everything, but I don't want to just cater to believers. Like, that's huge to me. Mm-hmm. To, you know, Jesus died for the world, so we can't get mad when worldly people act like the world or what they say or how they dress or how they interact. You know, I'm, I'm very big on that. But just creating an environment. I think um, if you have an environment where people, where it's participatory, where it engages in, in conversation, where people are relaxed and they can come in and kind of let their guard down, I think you, you're, you're in the beginning works of having a cool um, atmosphere to where if people come in and there's all these hang-ups and you got to be like this, dress like this, stay like this, walk like this, I think that creates walls. But if, you know, if it's more open and engaging and there can be conversation, honest conversation, I think it's an environment where people can begin to learn. Awesome. Awesome. And, and something that you met that you mentioned is, is based on numbers and it, being in business myself, metrics and success is met is measured a lot of times by numbers. And I think I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not, this isn't based on an incredible script, you know, scripture scholar knowledge right here. But when we look at the new Testament and we, when we look at when Jesus came, um, there was a lot less numbers when he was talking to people. A lot of time it was focused on, you know, on, on his 12, on, on the 12 disciples and focused on that smaller group. Um, the only time, I think the biggest times when he would mention, um, big numbers is by the effect that things would multiply and it was, it was exponential growth too. So I think it's, it's great that you're creating these, these small, you know, these small communities because that is the bread and butter of, of being of discipleship and just, and just growth as, you know, in, in, as a human in general. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. It's like, I, man, you got it, like, <laughs> right there. Do you want to join our team? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can talk after the show. I, I, no. Um, and, 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 no, I, and, and, and the other thing, um, what, just, what are some different ways that you have found, um, that just in different kind of services that you offer as a, as, as a community? Yeah, um, I would say that the first thing is just is uh, mentorship, right? So just as young leaders, um, mentorship can be a lost art because the entitlement and the pride that we have a lot as a community of young people, 15 to 33, I think is the, the age bracket for millennials, um, we tend to think we can do things by ourselves or in isolation. Mm-hmm. It's where I found myself as well. Um, and I'm very transparent about this in the book. So, um, you know, I would love if, if you guys can pick it up or read it. But I talk a lot about how I was so prideful in the beginning. And, and I did things in isolation so much. And God had to tear those mountains down really to, to move. Um, but, yeah, uh, I would say mentorship. Um, community is huge. New Yorkers need community. Um, over 500,000 New Yorkers struggle with depression. Mm. Um, one um, And one out of five New Yorkers struggles with a mental health-related issue, yeah. which can be clinical or not clinical, which could be depression, anxiety, um, what have you. So community, mentorship, and inspiration. Um, I want people to be in a fun environment where they can learn, where they can thrive. Um, and... I love learning from influencers, right? So, um, yeah. So that's kind of great. Yeah. The um, no, that that that's awesome. And we you've you spoke about this and just how important importance your faith is and just your walk with Jesus uh, is ha- you know is and has been um, your your guiding force and just the way the truth and the light. Um, but can you bring me back and talk about your beginnings of your faith walk as well? Take take me through um, your your childhood, and then if your experience with church, and really when your faith started to, to develop as well. Oh, here we go, the good stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've been very blessed and very privileged. I've known Jesus since I was since I was born. Honestly, I don't even know if that can you really know Jesus since you were born. I mean, we're all. <laughs> born in sin, but yeah. I, 
had an encounter with the Lord ever since I was young. I think, honestly, I accepted Jesus when I was about five or six years old, when I could, you know, talk and communicate. Um, but, yeah, my, my parents, I'm, I'm super grateful to have them in my life. I, I talk about them as well. But, um, you know, they, they, they introduced me to church when I was a kid. And they're by no means perfect, um, but and who is? But I, I really admire that about them because so many people that takes years for them to encounter our Savior and this King. But um, yeah, I uh, I'm a kid that everybody like. I wanted to be a pastor when I was like like ten. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So well, at first I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I wanted to be a doctor until about age 10, and about age 10, I wanted to be a pastor. So I was that really annoying kid that was like, had a karaoke on the deck, and I was like preaching to like the trees and stuff. I don't know. I don't know if that's God. But <laughs> no, that, it, that, that's actually funny. Quick quick side side note I, I interviewed um, somebody named David Slyker, um a few months ago, and he was he was preaching to the, the, the trees at age 12. and and then crazy, but you know, years later, ye- I mean, years later, he was in San Francisco, complete, you know, completely different, completely different place than where this happened, which was upstate New York. And he was with a group of people there, and they were praying over him, uh, you know, in the middle of just, you know, super, you know, super, super. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna say obnoxious, but it's just super, you know, really out there, really, you know, really, really preaching. And 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 they they told him, they said. You know, we we saw you preaching in front of the trees when you were, you know, when you were, you know, twelve years twelve years old, and you know, these guys had no idea. These guys just had had you know had never seen him, and so I think I think going back to your point, I think I I think it was I think it was God, you know, God wow. God speaking through you. So, anyways, wow. there's a very interesting story, but I it, 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 it sounded appropriate. Yeah. Anyways, continue, continue, please. Oh yeah, no that that is so cool. Oh my gosh, but um, yeah, um, yeah, I was a kid, and it wasn't until I got older until I recognized um, that really it was like pastor and doctor, like together. By no means am I saying I'm a pastor, but the whole concept of healing has always been fascinating to me. Um, even now, our body heals itself when we sleep. And just, it, I really saw the world coming together when I got older, like 20-something. But, um, yeah, man, I, uh, it wasn't until I came to college, to ORU, when I really had a, another encounter in my early adult life, um, to where my faith was made real to me. You know, I was living kind of in the shadow of my parents' Christianity and just their walk. But when you get to college and it's you by yourself and all these uh, ways, <laughs> yep. all these temptations sure. yeah, we, oh yeah. that we, that are there, you know, it becomes real. Do you really profess this? Do you really, you know, but, um, and I found myself in need of grace. I, um, had a huge struggle with pornography in college. Um, and just, you know, just that addiction and everything that comes along with that. And just really a lot of confusion that came from the enemy. And, um, it was very difficult, but I always had my faith to fall back on. And so, you know, Jesus healed me of that. And because it came from a conversation I had with my friend one day in school, he's like, Hey man, you doing okay? And I gave him this real church, you know, yeah, I'm good, blessed. (laughs) (laughs) And I was hurting inside and, um, you know, but you know, Jesus, you know, he shined his light on that and healed and healed me of that. And that's to anyone listening to this podcast. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. <laughs> you know, Jesus can heal you and, and he can take that and throw your sin as far as the east is from the west. And we cannot think of ourselves. You know, condemnation says, I am bad. But Jesus says, it's not you that's bad, it's your sin that, that's bad. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I, I received a lot of healing in my early 20s, you know, at ORU, to which I really, it was tough, man. It was so tough, Tyler. Mm. But I wouldn't be here if I didn't 
go through that. And then, geez, when I moved to New York, that was, and I write about this a lot in the book too, some of the worst times in my life, uh, months leading up to moving here. So. Well, 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 I appreciate your vulnerability and, you know, I'm, you, you, you practice what you preach. So I also appreciate that, uh, which is, which is awesome. Um, I want to hear more about um, really following God's calling um, and then also that duality with following your dreams too. I think this is something that is incredibly important to zoom in on. I think um, a lot of times pe- you know, people say follow your dreams, um, but I think sometimes they, they get stuck, people get stuck in following selfish desires. So I, I want to hear your perspective and if you have any advice for people who aren't sure of, you know, whether they're following something that is really what God's calling is for their life or if this is something, if their dreams are something that is really not going to be in their best interest and, you know, if, as Christians, not in his best interest. Man, that's an amazing perspective, Tyler. I love this. I'm enjoying this conversation so much. Um but, yeah, that's great. You know, I think the same way. I, I agree with you as well, is that we do hear this cliche, follow your dreams, follow your heart, follow your passion. Um, honestly, I think what we really should be saying is walk in purpose. Mm, um, yep. Because a dream can get stuck in a dream. I'm a dreamer. I, I do say that I'm a dreamer. <laughs> um, but I... And I think I, it's, I think I think you can say you're a, a visionary instead of I'm a dreamer, right? I think that would be a that would be better jargon to use. You're right. I should probably say that more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I'm not. I I, I don't want to change you. I'm just gonna encourage you and support you and no. and inspire you and and come at you with community. So I'm just pre. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's on our team, everyone. If you're not listening. <laughs> or if you're listening. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I, I do love that term visionary more because dreamer, it's like sometimes we can get our heads stuck in the clouds, and just, I'm an ENFJ, and just, um, I'm very, I am a visionary, and so sometimes I can get my head stuck in the clouds, and you need yeah. people to bring you back down, you need delegation, you need people on the ground who, are, who can pull you back down, and that was another huge hurdle. Um, that I had to learn early on in my in my journey. You know, we want to change the world. We want to change a million people. We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to affect the world. What does that look like day to day? What does that look like in the aspect of team? What does that look like today and tomorrow? You know, bringing that down to heart. But anyway, um, you, you asked about, about calling. And um, I think we hear a lot about calling. But we don't necessarily associate calling with the caller. We can't know our calling if we don't consult the caller. And I'm totally not trying to rhyme or like trying to make it sound like that. (laughs) Okay. um, I think it's important to understand that we're called to a person first, and that's Christ. And then work, family, spiritual community, um, everything outside of that. Mm, Awesome. Awesome. Um, and great. I, I think just, and then with that, um, obviously we, we all have big dreams or we all, we all have a big vision now and we're obviously looking to make this change in our world. Um, but as you know, we all face a lot of challenges and a lot of crosses that we, that we have to bear. Um, and I want to know on a more personal level, what, what are the biggest challenges that you're struggling with right now? You mentioned that, um, pornography and, co- and calling was a challenge for you years ago, but what's been on your heart recently? Um, I think whenever God gives you something, you, you always have the propensity to think that, you know, it's, it's in your own strength or your own whatever that you got to where you're at. And I have reached no type of notoriety or anything, but just, um, I think, New York, you can always look at the bigger picture. One thing that God, I think, is teaching me now is just that one person. If, if you have a conversation on one day and it reaches one person, um, if you talk to someone, you make someone a one person, you you are changing the world. 
and so really closing the gap on my preconceived notions of what, what of what that means and bringing it back to the reality of um, one thing I love is, is my pastor, uh, Pastor Carl Lentz. I go to Hillsong, New York City, and he said, one thing he said that sticks out to me is we should always be closing the gap between who we say we are and what we actually do. Mm. Every day, we should be closing that gap, and so that's one thing God has really been working on me the most. Um, yeah, so that, honestly, that, and just trying to become a, a better person. You know, we get caught up in what we're supposed to do, and I think all these things, all of these things are really gonna they're gonna pass and they're gonna fade away. The big businesses that we build and the amazing things. I was talking with a wonderful friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, Brian Nira, um, yesterday, who's an amazing singer. He was on The Voice. We've been friends since college, and um, he just gave Apple as an example of how it's still moving forward, but its founder. You know, it's it's gone. And now, at the end of the day, relationships should always be, you know, most important. Our relationship with God, and then our relationship with our family and our friends. You know, I don't want to be known for just the business that I start, but I want to be known as being a good a good person, a good friend, a good brother, um, and just reminding myself of those things every day. Yeah. Wow, that's that's great. And I, I again that that positive and the optimistic outlook too is incredibly important in in setting our minds mindset for for overcoming these challenges. But not only overcoming them, but also finding some enjoyment in the challenges too, and enjoy enjoyment in that process and, and of how God's working through you in that season and in that time. Um, so, last thing I want to ask you is last few things. What is something that you feel um, that people should know about you, um, either to our audience um, or maybe something that you haven't mentioned before? Um, and then after that, just what are, where can we follow you and follow all the work that you're doing, especially through social media and ways to get involved with the Remedy Tribe? Of course. Um, I like to think I'm a fun person. I love to laugh. I love to laugh at random things. Any of my friends that are really close to me knows I love watching like YouTube sales. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, yep. I enjoy I enjoy those as well. I enjoy them. Yeah, they're, they're great. See, I I knew God was calling us to be friends right right after that. So just YouTube sales, <laughs> like love it. Um, even so, I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but even it's so weird. Like even sometimes. Um, Something that makes me and my friends laugh is like when people like cough excessively and they like can't. I don't know. It's crazy. It's really weird. <laughs> um, I'm also. I'm also. Um, I love music. I'm a musician. I play the saxophone. I play the piano. I love to travel. I love long walks on the park. I'm just kidding. Again, the beach. I think it's actually the beach. Um, I don't know. I like to enjoy life. I like to have fun. I, my favorite thing is to. Um, meet new people and have conversations with my phone down. Honestly, it's my, one of my most yep. favorite things. But um, yeah, and for people that that want to follow me, um, I'm on Instagram. The letter J C A L E B J Caleb at J Caleb at me. Message me, like like some stuff, have fun, not too much fun. Um, I'm on Twitter um, at J Caleb seven seven. Um, and you can find the new book on Amazon, Remedy Network, A Millennial's Journey on Connecting New York Through Stories. And I'm, yeah, pretty much my name on, on all socials. You can you can find me and of course, RemedyNetwork.com. Awesome. And wh- when is the official release date of the book? Yes, the official release date of the book is February 17th, 2018. So Awesome. And that's going to be accessible through Amazon and through, is Amazon really the, 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 the prime place that we can find it? Yep, the main place is going to be going to be Amazon. We, we talked about it as a team to kind of see if we were going to distribute it to, to other, you might be able to find it later on in, in other capacities, but for right now we're just doing only Amazon, right. so... Well, awesome. Um, thoroughly enjoyed this podcast and having you on today as a guest and just as a brother as well. 
Um, just to close this out, I would just love for you to wrap us up in prayer. Definitely. I've enjoyed this so much, Tyler. It's been a pleasure and an honor to, to speak with you and on your wonderful podcast, and it's reaching so many people's lives, so thank you. The pleasure is mine, really, but yeah, I'd love, love to pray. Thank you. Um, definitely. Father, Lord, we just love you so much, Jesus, and uh, thank you for community. Thank you for friendship. Thank you for relationship. I thank that any person listening to this, God, um, that they would be inspired to to live their purpose. Um, Jesus, and I thank you that you would just touch every listener right now, God, and remind them that they're not alone. Remind them that you're with them. Um, remind them that they do have a purpose, that they're created for purpose and on purpose. Um, and Jesus, I thank you that even through this conversation, that, that your name would be lifted higher than any other name. Um, that you are the chief architect, the chief designer of the universe, of the world, and that you reign, God. And I thank you that more people would be brought into the knowledge of truth, that they would come into a deeper relationship with you, God. And I thank you um, just for your light. The word says that um, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And God, I, I thank you that 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 you came to give us life and life more abundantly. Jesus, so I thank you that you would just lift every burdened heart that's listening to this, every troubled spirit, um, and that you would you would just spread light on them right now. Um, and I thank you for, for Tyler. I thank you for his life and everything that you've called him to do, that he would continue to um, operate in the fullness of his potential and obey you. And, um, yeah, I just thank you so much for connecting us. And so we love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.